Hello, everyone. Welcome to this message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, for Sunday, September the 17th, 2023. We appreciate you being here with us today online, and uh, we hope that one day, if you're in the Akron, Ohio area, you'll be able to join us in church at Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio. Thanks for being here today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with our message for today with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your presence today. We thank you for your teaching, and we thank you, Lord, for the enlightenment that comes directly from you through the power of the Holy Spirit. May the Spirit speak to us. May the words that I use indeed be the words that you impart, Lord, not my own personal words, but your words. And we thank you for the inspiration that comes from you through the Holy Spirit, through the word that is imparted to all of us, and we just give you praise and thanks for all that you do. Lord, we thank you for loving us for who we are, but we thank you for challenging us to continue to grow in the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. The title of this message today is The Power of Faith. The Power of Faith. My lovely bride and I were at the Central District and Prayer Conference this past week at North Mar Church in Warren, Ohio. It gave us the opportunity to spend time with Pastor Gus and also meet a number of pastors and their spouses that I hadn't seen for quite a while. It was great to see so many pastors from different ethnicities and backgrounds come together for a common purpose in worship prayer, and praise. Our group of pastors, delegates, and guests all gather together with a common theme that we are an Acts 1-8 community with a kingdom focus. Let's take a look at Acts 1, verse 8. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And let's take a look at it and see what it says. Acts chapter 1, Verse 8. This will be from the New International Version. Verse 8, Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, these words happen to be the last recorded words in Scripture of Jesus communicating to his disciples before he ascended into the clouds as they watched. He was telling them that their ultimate power source in proclaiming the gospel to the world will come from the Holy Spirit. We know Jesus because the Spirit reveals him to us. And the Spirit gives us the ability to acknowledge the presence of Jesus in our lives. He also gives us the ability to love him and love others as he loves us. Please turn to Isaiah 61, verse 1. Isaiah 61, verse 1. And of course, this is a prophetic verse because this was written obviously before Jesus came on the scene, but I want you to see what Isaiah, who had many, many verses about Jesus referenced in his prophecy, 
Isaiah 61, verse 1. This will be from the English Standard Version. It says in Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit, of course. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. These are the words of Isaiah speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and all the things that he's going to accomplish because of the power of the Holy Spirit, including his resurrection, uh, the visiting of people in the prisons, releasing them to be able to go into heaven with him, all those things that are taking place. This is all being spoken of in the Spirit is the one who is providing the guidance to do so. Jesus himself was able to perform all of his miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's in his word. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, verse 38. This also is from the ESV version. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Amen. The indwelling presence of the Spirit is where we get our ability to live as members of of an Acts 1-8 community. The importance of the presence of the Holy Spirit is often associated with the word power. Power indicates the ability to do something that goes beyond your own strength or ability. That power comes from Jesus Christ. He provides what we need to carry out our call to share the gospel. Let me remind you of what it says in Philippians 4.13. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Amen. We all do, do all things when it comes to serving Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's make a declaration for today's message about the power that God gives you in the Spirit. With his power in your life comes great responsibility. Amen. The responsibility that we, as believers in Jesus, have is to allow God to teach us and mature us in our faith as we rely upon the teaching that the Spirit provides us. It's much the same as how we learn from life experiences as we were growing up. As we get older, we become wiser. As we learn more about what it requires to be obedient to the words of Jesus, we receive godly wisdom. When we were younger, we often acted impatiently and impulsively. As we have matured over time, we have learned more about what it is to be patient and prudent in our actions. Life teaches us these lessons, but the Spirit gives us what we need to remain patient and obedient to Jesus. And without the Spirit, 
we become fleshly all over again. We act in a fleshly manner. We respond in fleshly ways. The Spirit keeps us from doing those things as we learn more and more about who he is. Please take a look at John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. John 14, verses 15 through 17. The book of John is a wonderful book to look at. Our Sunday school is presently in John, and we're looking at passages there. And it just teaches us so much about how much Jesus truly does love us. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us. He doesn't permit sin or excuse sin, but he's always beckoning us to come back to him. It's a constant reminder for us uh, because, frankly, we were born in sin. We live in sin. We live in the flesh. And we need Jesus, in, in fact, just to make sure that we, he understands how much he loves us and how we needed the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us in this life of service for him. Let's look at verse 15, John chapter 14. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Very clear words about how the Spirit dwells within us because we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Our counselor provides maturity when it comes to our faith. This maturity involves it. Let's look at how Jesus teaches us and challenges us with our faith. It's safe to say that we have different levels of faith. In order to be effective in ministry, faith must be present. How do we know this? Scripture gives us what we need to understand this very issue. Turn to Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. We need to see and understand the importance of, the whole, of having faith. The Spirit comes because we believe in Jesus. In order for us to believe in Jesus, we have to have faith. So if we lack faith or if we don't have any faith at all, we've got some issues here. Hebrews eleven six. this is the NIV version. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Before we even get to John three sixteen, we need to understand Hebrews eleven six. Faith is necessary. And we talk about different levels of faith. Luke 17, verse 6. Let's turn to that. Luke chapter 17, verse 6. And we're going to look at the ESV version of this. And it's important for us to see again. I say there's levels of faith because we look at how size indeed matters. But even just a little bit is necessary to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 6, Luke 17, And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. <laughs> faith of a mustard seed, just the smallest measurable amount, is sufficient and can do great things. 
Why? For clarity, let's explain this. We need to understand the words of Jesus here. We need to know that this is not about physically moving objects with your mind. That's not a result of faith. This verse is to be understood with regard to the nature of faith. We have faith because it is God's gift to us. The power of faith reflects the omnipotent nature of God who gives his faith. Notice the word power here. By us exercising the least amount of faith in Jesus and believing that he can do what he says, he will do wonderful, fantastic things. Jesus notes this power in the following passage in Matthew 13. Go to Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. And we need to understand that as we learn and mature more in our relationship with Jesus, he will help us to mature more in our faith and make us rely upon, look at using faith as a way to rely upon who Jesus truly is. Verse 31, Matthew 13. We'll also read verse 32. Verse 31, he put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and it becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. So now that we have seen that there is power in the presence and guidance of the Holy Spirit, Let's put out the challenge to ourselves and ask why you and I don't rely upon this faith more and more. We have the power of God available to us. We have to choose to use it. We've got to use it. Here's an illustration in scripture that is often overlooked for the value it provides to us is the demonstrative power of faith. It comes from the book of John. It involves a place where Jesus often went, as there were many there who believed in him. And his reputation was growing from his first miracle. Go to John chapter 4, verses 46 through 48. We're going to look at a passage, and we're going to do it in sections here, but John chapter 4, verses 46 through 48. This will be the New Living Translation. John chapter 4, verse 46. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Verse 48. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Let's pause there in the, in the passage. Now, the statement that was just made by Jesus to the royal official was a challenge to go beyond what is seen. Go beyond what you see. He knew what Jesus could do in person. But Jesus is telling the official to take his belief now to a new place. He wanted Jesus to come with him to Capernaum, which is at the minimum a two-day walk from Cana. Capernaum, depending upon what uh, reading you have as far as who, who is interpreting the mileage, 
It's about 20 miles from there. So realistically, you're going to walk 10 miles and then walk another 10 miles after you take a break. Let's go back to the reading. John chapter 4. Let's go to verse 49. The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Look at verse 50. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. Now, you're going to notice here, there is a definite connection that Jesus made with this man. The official was convinced beyond any doubt that Jesus would do exactly what he said he would do and heal his son without having to travel down to Capernaum. Ask yourself this question. How would you have responded to what Jesus said here? Of course, the life of a family member is at stake. You've already traveled a considerable distance to find Jesus and make your appeal for him to come and heal your your child. Think about this for a moment and note that faith and believing in the power of Christ will undoubtedly challenge us to go further than we can ever imagine. This was a fearful time for the official, but he chose to believe in the power of Jesus that came directly from Jesus' words of reassurance, your son will live. Please take a look at 2 Timothy, verses 1 through 7. 2 Timothy, verses 1 through 7. We'll come back to John chapter 4 in a moment. But we need to understand something very important about faith and where we get our faith from, the Lord, and where fear comes from, the enemy. Verse 7, 2 Timothy 1. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That's the essence of faith, recognizing that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives you self-control as well, too, because you sometimes need to make sure that you're recognizing this matters out of my hands. I can't do anything about it. And he gives you the ability to have self-control, keep your composure And focus and go on with the rest of your life. It's a great verse. It's a great teaching. The official believed Jesus right then and there. And turned around to go back to Capernaum. He believed that Jesus would heal his son. Before seeing the result. Isn't that what faith is? Isn't that what believing in Jesus is all about? Before you see the result, before you see the answer to your prayer. Jesus, of course, knew that he would encounter the official in Cana. That's why he went there in the first place. The official received the words of Jesus and believed. And now he would not have trapped. Now he'd have to not travel for two days to see that his son was healed. Jesus must have prompted the official's servants to go out and meet him with the good news. Now, let's go back to John chapter 4, verses 51 through 54. John chapter 4, verse 51. 
Back again to the New Living Translation, verse 51. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. Verse 52, he asked them when the boy had begun to get better. And they replied, yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time that Jesus had told him, your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Amen. This is important to see. The only witnesses to the miracle were the official servants. They had to connect with their master to share the good news. Excuse me, the great news. They had to connect with their master to share. It's a reflection of God's grace that the one who believed in him did not have to wait very long to know that Jesus acted in power to heal his son at the very moment of their encounter. And note that the entire household, that means everybody under the roof of that official, that royal official, believed in Jesus. Believed in him. Believed in him because they had faith. Our faith in Jesus overcomes our fears and our doubts. Yes, we're going to experience fear. And yes, we're going to have doubts about a number of things that we come across. But our faith in Jesus gives us the power and the ability to trust in his goodness and in his results. Jesus has a way of keeping us focused on him and his power in the midst of life's most chaotic moments. Who provides our strength? Jesus does. He received this power from God himself. Turn to Acts chapter 10, verses 36 through 38. Acts chapter 10, verses 36 through 38. This will be from the English Standard Version. Verse 36, Acts chapter 10. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ... He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, that's John the Baptist. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. With this information, we can readily say that God is with us. One of the names of Jesus, Emmanuel, means God with us. The Holy Spirit that dwells within us provides us with power, capability, and sustainability. We certainly need to rely on this power today. Our faith in the same manner as the royal official must mature daily 
to cope with a world that lives without hope. Our mission as an Acts 1-8 community is to provide hope to the masses that do not have a relationship with Jesus. Turn to Romans 15, verse 13, please. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. We do live in a world without hope. But we as believers in Jesus have responsibility to share the good news of hope. Verse 13, Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. We're encouraged by what Jesus does. A world without hope must see believers in Jesus reflect the hope that he freely gives to those who believe in him. The Spirit has a responsibility to now compel every believer to have a heart for the lost. That is a reflection of God's character in our lives. His love for the people of the world should also be our love and concern for those who need salvation. One of my co-workers is really going through a ringer right now. He just realized through doctor visits that the pain in his foot is actually gout. On top of that, the mother of his fiance just had an operation to remove a cancerous brain tumor. And there is more cancer that is inoperable and requires radiation treatment. When you combine this with a hectic work schedule, there is an avalanche of emotion that can overwhelm even the strongest people. And that's especially true if you don't have the power of God in your life. You'll know that your outreach is appreciated because it will be in the response that you get. Of course, you're not providing words of encouragement to someone like this for personal gratification. You do it for God's glory. You are to decrease in order that he, the Lord, is increased in the lives of others. That comes from John chapter 3, verse 30. You decrease while he is increased. Believers, I implore you to take the opportunity to be the hope in the life of those you encounter who are experiencing difficulty. Let them see the love of Christ in your words and actions. And when the time is right, share the goodness of Jesus. In doing so, we are showing love, empathy, kindness, and patience. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, 
always perseveres. The Lord has been very kind and patient with each one of us. He wants us to experience his power and goodness of the Spirit and share it with others. In order to be our best, we need to draw upon the Spirit to strengthen our faith. We need faith that trusts in the Word and share it with others. That's the nature of the Gospel, everyone. The people of the world are worth our time and effort. Be ready. Be a presence. Speak the truth. And trust in the power of Jesus. Amen. Father, we are just so thankful that you indeed are a patient one. Lord, you desire for us to learn more and more about who you are through the power of the Spirit. And Lord, you frankly help us along and remember, help us to remember the truth that we are to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. We are not to be self-centered or self-focused. We are to proclaim your truth before others. We are to make sure that we are available to show others that we are a reflection of the light because you indeed are the light of the world. We thank you for helping us to give messages of hope to others, messages of encouragement, messages that remind them that the people who are going through trouble or difficulty are certainly not alone. And there's no need to be alone because we have Jesus available for us. Thank you, Lord, for that teaching. Thank you, Lord, that we can continue to honor and glorify you as we remain obedient to your word and your teaching. Thank you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We appreciate you being here today for the message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church for Sunday, September the 17th, 2023. For more information about Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, go to our website, akronalliance.org. Take care of yourself. God bless you. We'll see you next time.